Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today I'm talking to Mike Lawson. If you don't know Mike, he owns a branding agency called Brainstorm Africa. And today, you guessed it, we're talking all about branding, branding your business online, branding your business on social media, basically why branding is so important. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Mike. So let's get right into it. So for those who don't know you, can you kind of introduce yourself and what you do? All right. So I'm Mike Lawson. I am a brand strategist based in Toronto. And I I call myself the outspoken listener because I tend to be very introverted at times. But if I have the chance to speak or have my opinions heard, I'm going to do that. And so, yeah, that's basically me and what I do. I'm a brand strategist for... A design agency and we well it's like we say we help companies launch products and brands with confidence so that's kind of like our tagline and that's what i see all the time so yeah that's me i love that <laughs> that's mike so what kind of got you into brand strategy how long have you been doing it for Wait, it's actually, that's a really good question i've been doing it for about six years now and i think it started as a gig in after high school, I mean, after uni. So I was in business school. I did the whole thing. I did the whole show. And then I had the skill. So I actually loved design. I loved creativity. I loved writing even. And so I was shy, had no clients, had nothing going on. So a really good friend of mine, he popped into my life. And at the time we weren't friends. And he popped in and was like, oh, Mike, I can actually get you you know, clients and help you, you know, make some extra cash if you want. And I had to decide, I was like, at the time I didn't really know him. I was like, should I really like, go ahead and do this? I don't know you or if you're a con artist, you know, like so many things. So I was like, well, let's see. So I went ahead and we got into a good relationship. Clients kept coming in and things got big and we got it registered, and yeah, now we're servicing clients all over the world. So were you always like interested in the branding side of it, or was it just kind of like the writing aspect and that kind of like delved into branding when you kind yeah. of got more exposure? I think it was primarily because I love design. So I love design. I just like things looking cool and easy to read and understand, but branding yeah. is a lot more than that. And I didn't learn branding in like uni and my master's, like I didn't do branding specifically. So I actually had to learn, you know, why, why brands exist. Like why do they go with this creative direction instead of this creative direction? And so it was just, you know, finding why these decisions are made. So it's not just about it looking fancy and cool, but then how does it actually affect or impact a business bottom line or revenue or, you know, like an actual business goal in the enterprise. So like that's what threw me into the deep end of going deep into like the rabbit hole of branding and strategy and companies and it was just big. But yeah, I had to do that so I could be more valuable to our clients. Yeah, absolutely. So there for me, I and I'm sure you think this as well, there's a difference between building a brand and building a business, especially online. In your own words, how would you kind of describe the difference between those two? 
I, I think I'll throw it back to you to ask a question, like yep. just a simple one. Is there any brand that you actually really love? A brand that I really love besides Flick? Haha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Flick too, by the way. Flick, I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. So th- recently, because I, I like to kind of dive it when I do like blog posts, because I do a lot of blog posts and I try mm-hmm. to find different brands to follow each week, especially mm-hmm. online. And because when I first started with everything, I was following influencers and I really wasn't following a lot of brands. And I think that's kind of how it is for a lot of people online right now. We're not really following brands as much. Well, I can tell you one that I don't like right now because of their new cool. branding. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So recently, because I feel like Starbucks has kind of lost their personality a little bit. And they're, they mm. really don't know exactly who they are anymore or who they're targeting. Because their audience is so large, they obviously have older millennials, younger millennials, yeah. and then Gen Z. But it's a obviously it's an international brand, but the international yeah. brand has different branches. So they've got the U.S. branch, they have the Canadian branch, they have the U.K. branch, and each branch has a completely different brand voice. Yeah, and it feels so discombobulated. Doesn't make sense to me, and I don't know who they're targeting anymore. So they have kind of lost me as an audience member because it feels really confusing. One hundred percent. Like I agree with you, and you just described the difference between a brand and a business. Like you just did that because a brand is the identity. It's like it's like how you would describe a person, but is a company so it can go for companies it could go for personal brands but it's just that identity that these companies have but the business is just how they make money and mm-hmm. in your example starbucks is i mean they're growing yeah. it looks like it because they keep they keep put, they keep like setting up new branches all over but as you're saying like because it's growing on the business side too, like exponentially the brand is a bit being diluted where there are so many different elements and parts and now nobody even knows who they are, you know? So that's kind of like the difference. Like the branding has to be intentional. The business is always going to, you know, you're always going to look to grow the business, but then for like to grow the brand, I feel like you have to be very, very specific and intentional or, or else it's not going to work out, you know? Yeah, we, me and Ben talk a lot, a lot about that on the podcast about how with a brand, you have to be so specific and really know who your target audience is or it just feels really messy and like your brand voice has to be consistent or you're going to lose yeah. people because they're not going to know yeah. why they're following you. They're not going to understand like who you are as a person or who you are as a brand. Yeah, it's true. And it's it's and people think that is not important. So like just um, in like work talking to prospects and needs that come through our business and even talking to people in my audience a lot of people have argue, like arguments with me talking about how they aren't too sure you know investing in brand is the right decision to make because you know they have mouths to feed you know so then when do you then sacrifice direct returns on your marketing for the bigger picture of a brand and it's just very dicey but at the same time both of like we both agree that it's important it's important and you have to like get get it across the board for everybody and it's easier when you're small so i think it's most like it's important to get it right at the beginning because when you get big it's hard to you know drill down to like the core of the brand it's very expensive too so 
<laughs> and that's why I feel like it's super important to get it right at the base, right at the beginning, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some ways that people can figure out who they are and what their brand and brand voice is online? I think there are so many moving parts, but the first step is always to sit with the executives. So that the founder, the CEO, you know, whoever is in charge of this dream or the brand or the thing that they're doing and pick their brain, like find out why they exist beyond money. So yes, obviously you want to be profitable. Yes, you want to grow. Yes, you want to find. But then the brand itself, the business, like what is the mission? Like what, what are you actually trying to do? What are you trying to change in the world? And let's see if we can find one thing that cuts across all the executives. And if it's one person, like if it's just your business, it's easy to just sit and think through that. But a lot of people skip that part and just go straight to the, how are we going to make money? Yeah. Because obviously that's what's most important. But then just sitting and finding and asking yourself, like, why do we exist beyond money? And really drill down into that. You might find things that might make you stand out incredibly well in the sea of the competition. Like, I feel like that's the really good place to start. Just ask yourself, like, why do we exist beyond money? What do you think about that? What are some other questions that people, like, should think about when they're building their brand voice? Like, obviously... Who are we? What are our pain points that we're helping customers with? Mm-hmm. What do we kind of want to do with our product? But what are some other questions to like really nail down like who you are as a brand? Yeah, nice. So, so why do you exist beyond money? Is always my go-to. The next one is probably like who's this for? You know, you could go about as you said, like you talked about target audience. You could literally serve everybody. You could try serving everybody in the market, but then you wouldn't be a hundred percent to everybody. And But if you specify who exactly you're going after, you know, be really clear about that person or people, if it's two personas, be really clear about them, find out how they live their lives, you know, the words they use to really, like, align with them. If you, like, are that specific, you would get tremendous success, like I promise you. So that's why do we exist? Who is this for? You could ask why are we different or why us? Mm-hmm. So why would someone choose us over the next person? So then that would also force you to think really deeply about what is your key differentiator, like differentiator, like what will make you stand out amongst everybody else. So that's the questions. Yeah, I think I think that those three should you know set you apart. I feel like it addresses who you are and who they are and why they should choose you. So always just thinking that way would really help. Yeah. So when you're helping a client kind of like figure out their brand voice, figure out their brand strategy online, mm-hmm. what is kind of your approach to making their brand more distinct than others, than their competition that's out there? Um, it's all in the positioning. I love disrupt and disruptive brands. So if you disrupt, <laughs> if you, you're colorful in a bland industry or you're playful in a strict industry, you'd always stand out. And I always want founders and executives to lean into their creativity, one, and pushing the boundaries because most of the time when you have a company, uh, you would want to play it safe because obviously you don't want the business to crash and burn, right? But then there's there's an element of creativity in each successful company out there. 
and everyone making it big for themselves had to stand out in one way or the other. And they were just bold enough to do it. It's all about just making sure that you align with that. You And most of the time, I find out like most of these time, the time, like the executives actually know what they want. They just have that resistance. There's like find the finance team saying like, don't listen to the mic guy. He's for marketing. He's he's creative. He's crazy. He's weird. You know, he doesn't, he dresses really casual all the time. He's the freak. But <laughs> what happens is when you lean into the creative aspect and you lean, you more or less like focus on that. Obviously, yes, focus on the business, make sure it's successful. But then when you focus on that, you stand out instantly. Like no matter how bad it may look, no matter how good it may look to people too, the point is you're standing out. And I feel like people are just afraid to use their company brands to pick a side, you know, to say I'm strongly this way because yes, people would love you, but then you would also lose a significant portion of the market who wouldn't really like that. So yeah, there's always that challenge, but yeah, that's always like my goal too. Yeah. I always see there was, um, so I'm originally from the States and I still follow a bunch of people obviously from back home and there was a restaurant recently that kind of made a political statement online that people were pretty shocked by. And it was just like, it was so divisive. And however, it was the statement kind of aligned with their brand. It really, it was just like, it was very impactful how they did it. And I completely appreciated it. And a lot of their, like the people who go to that restaurant a lot appreciated it. And it was just funny to see some of the comments in there being like, why would you even make the statement and like get rid of like a huge chunk of the people that would probably go to your restaurant because they don't align with your same views. And yeah. So you just saying the fact that like some people just don't want to have pick a side or some people just don't want to feel too divisive is really interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's interesting because then you have to, you more or less like have to every single time. So in the case where there's something happening, probably current affairs, like there's something happening in the world and the brand you love doesn't pick a side. It could be for anything. It could be the BL, like the BLM campaign that happened a couple of years ago. You know, when a brand doesn't pick a side with matters like that, it kind of like makes the people they're serving feel like you you know, you don't like, what are you trying to say? And even if they do pick a side and it's not what they want, there's that element of respect where it's like, okay, cool. You've picked a side. You like me, at least we know where you stand. And so people just don't want, like executives just don't want that extra part of the market to just die and just hate them forever. They would rather be neutral where everyone kind of buys from them occasionally and they don't have any loyal, devoted like fans of the brand. So, yeah. Do you think that brands should be not? I'm not going to say more political or anything like that. But do you think mm-hmm. brands should be more have like, use their voice more on things that they actually really believe in, or do you think that sometimes they should just be silent on topics? I think they should use their voice because. Mm-hmm. One thing is when you say you're for something, it's it's easy to say you're for anything and not do anything. You know, you can say you're all for um, women empowerment, but then if a case like that actually pops up in the in the world and 
your target consumers are talking about it and you don't show up for them, it reduces that trust. It reduces that brand affinity. It's like, oh, well, you know. And if you do pick a side that's like opposite to what your target audience aligns with, then there's a gap there now where now nobody trusts you at all. <laughs> and so you, I feel like you have to pick a stand. Like these days, it's very hard to get away with not picking a stand on anything these days. Corporate brands are seeing how important it is to be aligned with what's happening in their target consumers' lives. And so what's happening in the media, like they're aware, like they're always abreast with what's happening. And so, yeah, I definitely think it's important. But what do you think? Do you think you agree with me? Do you think it should be all the time? I, I go back and forth on it sometimes. So like, obviously I think it's important for brands. If a brand is very specific about making a statement. So like you were talking about like female empowerment, if a brand is very always talking about female empowerment, and then there's a situation that arises that's newsworthy that happens and they're completely silent on it. I'm like, okay, that's suspicious. You don't actually really believe in this, but and I think I'm just thinking about recently when everything happened with the Bud Light situation and they made, to me, it didn't feel like a political statement at all. They were working with an influencer who was doing user generated content, but a large part, not even, I'm not going to say everybody because I don't think it was everybody, but a large part of their demographic or their target audience got very upset about it. And they're obviously they're, Numbers went down, the marketing people got fired, all this stuff happened. And it's just, sometimes you think you should take the approach and then you take the approach and then it crashes and fails. But I feel like if you're going to make a statement and you should make a statement about something that you believe in and if it crashes and fails and it crashes and fails, but at least you had that moment and you did it when, and you're backing yourself and you're being true to your brand. Yeah, 100%. It, it's it's scary, especially for marketing, because even in the agency world, there's a lot of, like, as you said, like in your example, like the marketing team is always one of the first people yeah. out the door. Yeah, like yeah. They, they're always like, Mike, you guys ruined this thing for me. Out. <laughs> and so it's always the marketing that goes first. And so what's happening in the agency world is a lot of agencies are being very, like, actually, like, you're not picking a side. So it's very, what's the word? It's steady improvement. So they just, like, do the, the basic thing and just, like, make it a little bit better. So month on month, you're getting some improvements. Yeah. But then there's no eye-catching, you know, head-turning campaigns. Like, there's so many that have, like, it's over the years, it's just been dying down because everybody's kind of, like, being careful. Because if you're too creative and it burns, everybody's just <laughs> pointing the finger at you and then it's bad work. So there's that as well, where you have to, you know, balance that. But I'm always for it. I'm always for just, you know, picking a side and being okay with it being wrong. Because at the same time, we're humans. But then I think that then that, that opens up another kind of worms where it's like, now, can a brand make a mistake? And should people forgive a brand for making a mistake or should they feel like it's a brand, it's a company brand, so they should know better. So that's like a whole conversation that's yeah. happening right now. 
I just feel like everybody makes mistakes. And so it's just like about like learning from them and moving on from them. And I'll go back to like the Bud Light situation. I don't think that they should have apologized. I don't think that they should. I thought their message afterwards was a little strange and it felt like it was an apology, but not an apology. So that I felt like the PR was really bad on that situation. And it just, I feel like if they had just not said anything afterwards and they just let the campaign go and they didn't address the situation, I think it would have made it so much better than them going back and forth on them being like, okay, well, we did this thing. Everybody's mad at us. So now we're going to like backtrack, but not really backtrack. And now we're going to make people from both sides really angry at us. Really angry. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> it was, it was just, it was messy. <laughs> that cap, that whole campaign was so messy. I was just like watching on Twitter. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> what not to do in marketing. <laughs> what not to do. Like what not to do. Like backtracking is, is always dicey, but because, because they always like, when it goes bad, the first thing is marketing goes, new marketing yep. team comes. And so the yep. first thing is always to, you know, backtrack on that and just make sure like, yeah, we can like clear the air without really clearing the air. It was very strange. <laughs> really <laughs> but, strange. And then just kind of like I was reading recently, and I think this is hugely important to for anybody who's listening who is in branding, who is in who works in marketing strategy, is that Gen Z they will only buy from people that align with their values. And it's really important to that generation to buy, like to know exactly what a brand's values are. So in terms of big political statements, in terms of big activism movements and things like that, that's important to them. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't think you should make a statement if your target audience is Gen Z, you should probably be making a statement. Yeah, yeah, you should. Like the, the days of big companies and corporations getting away with not talking and not, you know, picking a side is long gone. Um, the millennials, like we're here, but then it will take a while before yeah. <laughs> um, you would get over Gen Z because there's so much information that they have access to now you know, compared to 34 years ago. If anyone wants information about what the chief of finance is doing on his day-to-day, he, they'd find out. And if the company can't address that, it's going to affect how it's looked or perceived in the real world. And so Gen Z is on top of it. Like they're on top of every single <laughs> thing, every single trend. You can't get away with it. So yeah, if yeah. you are targeting them, pick a side. Always. Exactly. <laughs> so what is something that you see a new brand do online that you think hurts them rather than helps them a new brand okay i think I'll, i i know what hits them is treating their social media platforms or digital like digital marketing platforms as um, advertisement boards rather than as a media channel or as a place where people can congregate and they have that audience and I see it because when you start a business, the first thing you're looking at is to, you know, get some revenue coming in, you know, break even, make it make sense. So your socials can look very salesy and spammy and it's like, buy my, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my, like, you know, buy my, yeah. get this free trial, get this. But then what tends to happen is people don't congregate. Like there's no audience around an ad board. You know, people see an ad and they just walk past it. 
and it's always been like that but then if there's a tv show imagine like your socials were like a tv show where people could you know always tune in you know listen to it or watch if it's something educative something fun something even funny yeah. you know people would come around that and just because you're creating this space of if it's learning or if it's entertainment or if it's just having a good time around your brand what happens over time is they they fall in love with what you're doing it could be a single thing and over time they are more likely to either become your customers or refer you to somebody else and that audience you build can be super important so one thing i really love about flick is this podcast that you guys are you know running and it's super cool because it's kind of building this audience around um, the brand flick around flick.tech and it's probably even really valuable now but then in a couple of years if this is like if this shit yeah. is going on which i pray it does <laughs> if it keeps going on <laughs> it's going to be so helpful to the brand in general the audience you guys are going to build the brand affinity the loyalty is going to go through the roof and so i feel like that's one thing small brands can't learn from and take advantage of but what do you think about that i think that's great absolutely i think that for me when starting a brand online i feel like you need to look at your competition a bit see what they're doing, see what works for them, see what's not working for them, see if there's anything missing in their overall strategy. That could be a hole that you're filling. And I feel like a lot of brands like you said they're trying to be too salesy. They're trying to be like too in your face about like, oh, buy this, buy this, buy this instead of like telling people why they need something. Instead of saying like, "Hey, you need this." Explain why they need this. Explain the why in it instead, rather than like the what. Exactly. It's, it's really important because then when you explain why, you then reach a part of the market that doesn't even know they have a problem. So I think the best way to describe it in audio form is kind of like, let me just say the market is a big circle and a really small section of that circle is the people in your market who know they have a problem and are willing to buy the product and according to uh, marketing experts all over the world that percentage of the audience is about probably 3% or less so basically all the people you're targeting like all the people you want to buy your product only about 3% of them know they have a problem know your product and are willing to spend money on that And so when you are always selling and going straight straight for the kill as I say it's like like buy my stuff free trial this free trial that what happens is you're targeting just that 3% and as Max says like all the companies like most competitive like the competition most of these companies are targeting that 3%. So it's always going to be hard you would always struggle it's like it's like riding against the wave but if you were to focus on the 97% of the other people who probably don't even know they have a problem yet. <laughs> you know, they probably don't even know I need yeah. my to get my like my eyes checked. You know, they don't know that. So then <laughs> the best way to get those people is not to market to them hard like buy my stuff is to you know, it could be to educate them, you know, it could be in a funny way, it could be in a really like informative way, new info, let them be like, "Oh shit, like this I actually need this." You know, so then 
that's a really good strategy. Like, make sure you're not just going where the competition is going because that could make you like really ride against the wave. But yeah, really good ad there. Yeah. So my final question for you, and we're going to end it on a good note. For brands about to launch, what is something that you think they need to make sure that they have in place before launching their brand online? I think the most important thing to have, or maybe a couple of things, it could be like it could be one, but then the most important thing to have is a really good messaging system. Because one thing I've seen is a lot of businesses have really good ideas, they have really good products, but then they haven't, you know, worded it properly, they haven't, um, dis- maybe they would display properly because I, I know they're really good people who know how to, you know, take good photos, take good videos, and make cool things, fun, I love that. But then the words of how you're actually describing this um, product or offer to people is so important because like... People say, people always, something I always tell the creative team and like the the writers I work with is that every word in this world is different. You know, there's a difference between a build, someone saying a building and an apartment. They could be the same thing, but then completely different things. And so the way the internet works now is so many people misread so much information out there. And so many people don't even understand anything. So when you're like like getting ready to launch your product into the market, just make sure that like the words that you're picking accurately describe the benefit that your target consumer is going to get from this or from your brand or what your brand is going to do. Like they know exactly what you do. And it's one thing if you know it, but then if they don't know it, there's a problem there, right? Because they would never connect. They would never, you know, build that brand affinity. They would never buy because it's confusing. And yeah, so I've seen that a lot of businesses launching almost never get the messaging system right for when they put their stuff out there. So that could be a fresh tip that I'm not sure many many of you would have heard. But then, yeah, really drill down into the actual words and the messaging around your brand, especially in the online context. But a couple of other things you definitely need is, yes, you do need brand consistency, and as Max said earlier. And so make sure that across all boards, you know, everywhere online, your website, your socials, if you have like a physical office space, like make sure that that cohesiveness is there right at the beginning. Because if you miss that, it's hard and expensive to always come back and read you. And yeah, so just try and make sure it's coordinated, it's, it's... like together that someone can see they'll see Mike on Twitter and they'll be like, they'll see Mike on Instagram. And it's like, Oh, it's the same person probably has the same profile <laughs> picture and he talks the same way. And, and yeah, so that's kind of like the top two tips. Hopefully they're different. You haven't heard of them before, but yeah, top two tips for new brands coming into the market. I love that. And I, like you said, I think the messaging is so important. I always have a friend whenever we're about to launch something on for flick i actually have a friend who doesn't work in tech who doesn't understand anything basically that our company does because she does not like social media (laughs) i always have her read it over and be like does this make sense to you as somebody who knows nothing about what we do and she's like yeah yeah that's good okay i get that and i think it's always good to have an outsider's point of view who doesn't really understand your product specifically 
to look at something and be like, okay, yes, this makes sense. Yes, this does, or no, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, really good. Um, and you've described a really good exercise to do that. And I mean, that's, that's on a personal level and that's great. I use I do that all the time. Um, in the case where you're yeah. probably launching something big and you need more feedback, um, it's actually what you described is like focus groups. So that's like getting a group of people who probably some have an idea of what you do, some don't. And just like throw the words at them, you know, let them see the copy, let them see what's happening and get their raw, authentic feedback about what they think it means. And if you're, if the meaning is close to what you're looking for, then you are there, you know, and if it's not, then you can like work on it before you actually launch it to the market. So yeah, that's a really good strategy right there. Yeah, always <laughs> test before launch. Yeah, Mac is like a pro. You should be branding, please. Mac is a pro. <laughs> I wish. No. So, where can people find you online if they want to go follow you? I'm most active on Instagram at the Mike Lawson. I'm on LinkedIn as well. You can find me at Michael Lawson on there. And um, I give my full name there because I think LinkedIn is a bit more professional and. I mean, yeah. yeah, just Michael Lawson, you find me there, but it has the same profile pictures. You can always send me a hi. Um, I'm always active in the DMs and willing to have a chat about anything. And, but yeah, I'm based in Vaughan, Toronto. So if any of you do want to come, if you want to pass by and like meet up for something, you could always text me and we'll do that. But yeah, I'm in Canada. But yeah, that's that's me. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this little podcast with me today. Yeah, and I, and I hope we do do it again. Like I did love talking to you. All right, I will talk to you later then. Definitely. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please, please, please give it a five star review. It helps people find the podcast and. Obviously, I love making this and I want people to hear as much of these podcasts as I can make. If you want to follow Flick online, you can do so. We are on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at flick.social. On X, we are at flick underscore social. And you can also find us online at flick.social where you can find our blog posts. You can subscribe to our newsletter that I write every single week. And, you know, just tell me how fun I am. Just kidding. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you all in two weeks. Bye.